Going to the phone lines now, we're going to say hi to Ross Jackson from Locked On Sports Podcast. Ross, good afternoon. Thanks for your time today. Hey, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Glad to be here with you. Hope you all are doing well. Doing great, and we appreciate it. Uh, let's, let's dive into this thing. So there was – we all thought or – kind of anticipated that that Drew Brees mm-hmm. the uh, Austin Westlake product might uh, might make that decision did you see it coming yesterday uh, there was there was always sort of the possibility of it being yesterday. I mean, many of us had been expecting it for quite a while, and there were a lot of questions looming about why it had taken so long. But it seemed like it dropping on March 14th made a lot of sense. Of course, it's 15 years to the day for when he signed his contract with the New Orleans Saints. And so there was something poetic about the way that that could have gone down. And so it was always one of those possible dates. But I was curious to see if he was going to wait until the free agency uh process actually began once once free agency actually opened up for uh, potentially making that announcement at that point but making it on the the day of his sort of 15th year since joining new orleans definitely makes a lot of sense is the long-term quarterback in new orleans right now uh well i technically no. um I think that, you know, right now the way that it sounds is that the the intent is to uh, re-sign Jameis Winston and to have both Jameis and Taysom uh, sort of compete during training camp. But, of course, they have to get Jameis under contract as right now the only two quarterbacks in New Orleans that are currently under contract are now Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, who's on a future reserve deal. So they're looking at him during camp to maybe see if he can become or continue to be the third quarterback for the uh, for the Saints. But as of right now, if you would ask me, I would say that it's Jameis Winston, even though Jameis Winston technically isn't in New Orleans at the moment. Talking with Ross Jackson of Locked On Podcast. Ross, how difficult of a task is that going to be, though, when you look at what Drew Brees was able to accomplish, not only on the field, but off the field and, and all the philanthropy, uh-huh. everything he was supposed to do in the for New Orleans, how difficult is it going to be for that next guy to step in and try to fill those shoes? Well, the good news for the next guy is that Drew Brees isn't going anywhere in terms of the city of New Orleans. He's got several different philanthropic uh, initiatives that are continue and they're going to be announced here over the next couple of months that really center in New Orleans. But also, uh, as he mentioned on uh, today, this morning, uh, the morning show where he visited, uh, talking a little bit about the retirement and everything over at NBC, he mentioned that you know it's all about trying to set up a framework to be able to expand and do things to, at a more national level. So he'll still be doing a lot of that philanthropic work in New Orleans, and he certainly won't be gone from the game of football either. So really for the guy that comes in after Drew Brees, the first and foremost uh, sort of focus for that guy needs to be winning and <laughs> needs to be continuing winning ways. The Saints, of course, um, you know, haven't gotten back to the Super Bowl since 2009, but have gotten pretty close here over the last four seasons, particularly 2018. They've won the division four years in a row and had four straight playoff appearances. Certainly getting at least a fifth straight playoff appearance uh, would be something that uh, would should be at the forefront for that next quarterback, whether it's Seamus Winston, Taysom Hill, or otherwise. What does this departure do from a NFC South perspective? Like, you know, year in and year out, the Saints are always in the mix to be in the championship contender. What does that do now? Are they out of the mix, or, or how is that going to play over? I mean, I think, to be completely honest with you, you have to look at it like it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then three question marks in the division. I mean, the Saints changing at the at the signal caller, that's not easy to do, and that is always going to have sort of a, a question mark sort of volatility attached to it because especially if it's going to be a guy like Jameis Winston, can he knock off the bad habits? Has did the LASIK help? Did, has working with Sean Payton been something that uh, you know helps him with his decision-making, right? There's still so many questions around 
what Jameis Winston actually looks like. Taysom Hill, how much did he change or can he change before next season from the first four games that you saw that he started in place of Drew Brees? I think it still makes the Saints a big question mark. The Carolina Panthers should be probably undergoing a quarterback change themselves, either going to a rookie or, you know, everybody is very convinced that that could be a potential landing spot for Deshaun Watson as well if Houston does decide to move him. And then meanwhile, uh, you know, Atlanta is undergoing new general manager who, of course, came over from the Orleans Saints and a new head coach. So I really think that the most consistent team you're going to see from 2020 to 2021 is going to be Tampa Bay and the other three teams, the Falcons, Panthers, and Saints. Kind of just question marks at this point. Ross, you mentioned Tampa Bay. I, I, I just want to get your, your feel for what it was like covering those games when you had mm-hmm. Breeze versus Brady. I mean, and, and I know the national media made a lot of a lot about it, and rightfully so. What was it like for you guys at Ground Zero? I, I would imagine this was this was a pretty special moment. It, that, that's absolutely right. No, it absolutely was, and that was one of the things I was so excited about. The moment that Tom Brady made the announcement, or once the announcement was made that Tom Brady would go to Tampa Bay, you just kind of felt like, okay, there was something special about to happen, right? The fact that we got to see both of these guys playing into their 40s, we got to see them for all three of the times that they matched up. Uh, you know, Drew Brees taking the the two during the during the regular season, but Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking the one that mattered in the playoffs. It was incredible to watch these two sort of titans of the sport, the best two quarterbacks over, you know, their their specific eras very likely. And then of course you mix in other guys like Aaron Rodgers absolutely deserves to be a part of that conversation and others. But these are the two guys that usually are, you know, the goat talk, quote unquote. And so it, it was it was a ton of fun and a really special thing to be able to uh to watch the two of them go at it three times in a season. We we were excited to see them go go at it twice in a season, but then they get to see them uh, rehash it in the playoffs. It was a a really remarkable experience and something a lot of us wanted to make sure we didn't take for granted uh, in that moment. And and then you see the video, because there's no such thing as a secret. Mm -hmm. You see the video with Brady playing catch with Breeze's kid. I mean, you know, you don't see that every day. Right. Yeah, that was the point to where a lot of us were like, okay, yeah, this is is the moment. And actually – you know, in that conversation that Drew Brees had this morning over on the Today Show, he mentioned that, you know, as he walked off of the field after that Tampa Bay game, after the loss in the playoffs, he knew. He knew at that point that that was going to be, that was going to be it. Um, you know, and then he spent the entire offseason posting pictures of, you know, food and his kids and taking trips and things like that, and then finally making the decision yesterday uh, on that anniversary, that very special day for him and his family in the city of New Orleans, it was it was a uh, uh, pretty remarkable. Obviously, he leaves behind a very remarkable career, and uh, you know deserves to be celebrated. Ross, how does the structure of Taysom, Taysom Hill's um, contract benefit the Saints, <laughs> man? I, I love this. I love the contract structure so much because I, I can't think of a, a restructure garnering as much attention as this one did. Um, so the, the, the contract is a four year add on essentially, but it's, it's mainly just a restructure. So they converted, uh, you know, uh, around $9 million of Taysom Hill's, uh, salary cap, his, his base salary, essentially they converted that to a signing bonus and then spread that cap hit out over this season, as well as four additional new seasons that were added that are all voidable years on uh, on a contract and so basically it saves the Saints seven and a half million dollars allows them to get a little bit closer they're filing into the single digits now in terms of how far over the salary cap that they are with some other options they can still restructure Toronto Armstead they can extend three players that would also save them money as well so 
they're getting closer and and that restructure definitely helped but to see the to see the numbers reported which doesn't often happen when voidable years get added to a contract uh, that really put a lot of people up in a tizzy because they weren't sure if did Taysom Hill just get $35 million <laughs> yeah. a year minutes after Drew Brees retired, which, of course, was not the case. So now that it's done, it, it's settled and everything, as you reflect, what is your favorite Drew Brees moment? I think, you know, it, it's funny. I've gone back and forward between, between two. Um, the most recent one being the Week 5 matchup a few years ago up against the Washington football team where he threw the 64-yard touchdown pass to Traquan Smith, becoming the uh, NFL's all-time leader in passing touchdowns and passing up uh, Peyton Manning. That was a really incredible thing. It was at home. Uh, you know, Traquan Smith was wide open, and it started the, the string of, uh, of games from 2017 and, and beyond to where uh, Traquan Smith just seemed to always be the guy to catch a record-setting pass for some reason. He just always seemed to be that guy. And that was definitely one of them. But I still think my favorite one is watching the seven touchdown game. He and Eli Manning going back and forth uh, years ago uh, in the Superdome, uh, a 52 to 49 victory or something, something around there. Just an incredible game that went down to overtime. Uh, and I still think that that's probably one of my favorite performances by him, particularly in the Superdome. So before we let you get out of here, I got to ask you this, and we're going to switch gears a little bit, but it's March Madness. Uh-huh. I, I don't care. You know, we're all entitled to this, and we're all looking forward to March Madness. Who do you got winning it all, man? Listen, I have Baylor going all the way to the tournament, to the to the to the tournament championship. But I do have Gonzaga uh, walking away with it all. They've been they've been really really impressive. But my final four were Gonzaga, Texas, Baylor, and then I think it was Illinois. No, yeah, Illinois. No, no, Syracuse that I had coming out toward the end. I think it was. It was another one that I had popping up there. But a couple of first round, a couple of one seeds couple of two and three seats. Oh, Houston was the other one that I had. So a little bit of Texas representation for you guys. And Houston's there, a good basketball team. Oh, yeah. Real Houston's good basketball very, team. very, very good basketball team. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I have I have the two of them facing off at the end there, but Gonzaga walking away with it when it's all said and done. All right, Ross, tell us, tell us a little bit about the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Locked on Saints is the podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, which covers every major sport around the NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL, as well as several uh, college shows. A couple of uh, Central Texas guys there with us as well, Stephen Simcox, Q Myers, and then, of course, Garrett will be joining us to cover Baylor as well And what I think is going to be a very exciting March Madness season. Uh, y'all can catch Locked on Saints, which I host every Monday through Friday, 20 to 25 minutes or so every day, just to keep you up to date with everything going on with your uh, you know, if, you, if your team is the New Orleans Saints, definitely you can go there. Any other team, you can just search Locked On or whatever the team name is. You can catch it there. Hey, Ross, thanks. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all. Y'all take care. Stay safe. Have a good day. Ross Jackson uh, from uh, Locked On.